0: Now it's time for the leaders to qualify. (coughs) All right. um, My name is Catherine. I'm a compulsive overeater. Uh, I'll get it out of the way that I have a huge resentment because someone else is supposed to speak this morning and at the very last minute. Um, But I haven't had to think about it very long, so that's great. And I want to thank you for asking me. I... um, a year and a half of abstinence. My abstinence date is September 21st, 2004. I have a 60-pound weight loss, and my top weight was 267 pounds, um, and a size 24. Um, and I'm not that today, and I'm so grateful. Uh, my abstinence is black and white; it doesn't change. I know what I am, and I know what I'm not. Um, I I don't eat sugar, and I don't binge. My food plan is that I eat three meals a day. And I guess I could have a snack if I wanted to, but most days I don't want to. Um, and I have a great life today because I'm an You know, in um, a thinking about this morning, in um, step one of the AA 12 and 12, it says alcohol, or in our case, food, is is uh, like a rapacious predator that bleeds us of all. Um, self sufficiency. And and that was that that was my story, you know. I had to eat. Every day I had to eat and every day for me was going to be different. Every single day I woke up and thought, Today, today it's gonna to be different. I'm gonna be on the diet, I'm not gonna eat the sugar, I'm not gonna drink whatever, I'm not I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. And every day within about a minute of that thought, I had to get up and I had to eat. Because that was my tool. Um and it was really my only tool for a long, long time. I grew up here in Southern California, and I, um, you know, I had a dysfunctional family. That's shocking. <laughs> and and uh, it, it, my parents split up when I was six, and I, I was. My mother worked a, a, a job that was like 12 hours every day, and so I would get up when she was gone, and I would go to sleep when she was gone. And from age like six to 12. Uh, I had a whole routine of, of um, you know, sh- I would come home from school. She would have left a snack and dinner in the fridge for me. Something gross because she was like the health food, and you know, she only cooked the same thing in any given year. So we so went through like 1978 was black bean soup, 1979 was ratatouille. You know, I don't even like today. So I would, I would go into the fridge and, and and get the Tupperware take it across the street, throw it out. <laughs> seven years old. And then I would go to the liquor store, GG Liquor on Euclid and Pico. And, um, and I would buy, you know, the sugar, cookies, cakes, candies, pies, whatever I could buy with the money that I had. And uh, I would bring that home and then I would work out how long it was until bedtime, what TV shows were on, and I would divide up the food into little <laughs> segments to keep me company for the afternoon and evening. And that was my life for years, you know. And food was absolutely my best friend. It was absolutely my best friend. I um, I had a I had a suspicion that I, I might like alcohol but I was a little young just then so so it was it was it was the food and, and you know I would sit and eat that food and then I'd have to you know, I'd eat whatever the portion was for two o'clock in the afternoon and then I'd just sit and wait until three o'clock when I was gonna do the next thing. You know. Um, I don't think that's what the other seven year olds in my class were doing, but you know, that was that was my deal. And when I ate I felt better. When I ate he couldn't hurt me. The adults in my life couldn't hurt me. I wasn't vulnerable anymore, you know. I didn't I didn't have to feel. All I felt was full, you know, and safe and warm. And you know, food did absolutely everything for me. It really did. And um, you know, I thought when I was a little kid, I thought I was the ugliest and the stupidest little kid, you know, and uh, I, would go to, I would go to school and just, just be embarrassed for being alive, you know, and I, I could never look at anybody in the eyes and I looked down all the time and I was shy and I was afraid and, um, and I, I had no tools, you know, I had no tools. Um, when I was about 10 years old, I decided that my um, my liquor store habit was too expensive, and so I started stealing food instead of buying it. Um, and you know, I would go in every day. I would buy one Suzy Q, and then I would load up my pockets with everything else. And it was—it seemed like such a better plan for me. <laughs> you know? and, uh, and and and. It felt like the answer. And then one day, the, the liquor store owner and I had been going there since I was six and a half. One day, when I was about 11, he walked up to me and he said, You've been stealing from my store. And and he looked at me just like I was trash, you know. And, and uh, you know, I just said, No, I haven't, you know. Um, because I, I can lie to your face very easily. And he said, You know, don't don't ever come here again. Don't ever come here again. And I remember being so ashamed. You know um, and so then I, I had to like find other other routes and other other places um, we lived right there like on, in Santa Monica on Pico and so I would you know go up and down and look for liquor stores and you know I was I was crazy I, I would go to school in the morning and all I could think about is you know is today gonna be 31 flavors or the liquor store on 20th Street you know and how are they gonna do that and uh, my life was crazy around food for as long as I can remember um, when I was 12, I went to boarding school in, in England to a, um, a very remote Catholic convent that was very structured. And, you know, in a way, it was sort of a saving grace because my, my life at home was a mess. And, um, you know, I hated my mother. I, I, just, I hated her. She put me into so many unsafe situations. And I hated that life of being alone, sitting in front of the TV, having to eat all the time. and. So when I went to boarding school, it was safe and structure, and there were three meals a day, and, and you could have seconds, thirds, and fourths if you wanted. And, you know, I was the kid that was always in line again and again and again. Um, and, you know, when we, were, when we were 12 and 13, that was okay, but as, as we got older, my classmates got interested in makeup and in voice and in music, and I just cared about the food, you know. And, and as they all got, like, you know, girly figures and started dating, I, you know, I was getting fatter, and uh, I just thought about the food. Um, and, you know, we had, uh, we had breakfast, lunch, afternoon tea, and supper. And uh, afternoon tea was in, in the cafeteria with, um, you know, biscuits and tea. And I would go and, and get as many cookies as I can, dozens and dozens of cookies, and fill my pockets and take it back to my room so that as, as the day and night wore on, I had enough sugar to get me through to the next day, you know. And that was my life, sugar, sugar, sugar. Just, you know, I don't want to feel. I don't want to feel. And, and I came back um, from high school and went to college for a minute and a half. and didn't really like it. And, um, you know, I, I started, I had already been drinking, but I, From age 18 to 21, I drank and used. And and it was the only time in my life that I I really lost weight uh, with any sort of um, regularity. And um, I stopped drinking 21 days after my 21st birthday and went into rehab and gained 30 pounds in 28 days. Um, And it was like, you know, drop one thing and pick up the food. The food was my very best friend. And I... um, You know, in in rehab, I was there for uh, Thanksgiving. It was November of 1991. And, um... I remember at Thanksgiving they, they had like rotisserie turkeys in the in the in the cafeteria, and I remember thinking, well, where's the pie? Where's the pie? You know, and the pie was in another room, and there were hundreds of them, and I I sat on Thanksgiving Day, you know, with you know 20 days of not drinking, just eating pie all day long, and no one cared, you know. They're like, just don't drink and use <laughs> pie. <laughs> so, so, um, you know, the clothes that I went there with didn't fit me, and I had safety pins, and the safety pins were breaking, and you know, cutting into me. And my mom came up for family week, which was just thrilling, and, uh, and, and brought me sweatpants, you know, two sizes bigger, and. Uh, and I lived in those until I got out of there. And, and for the next um, for the next little while in my 20s, you know, I, I started smoking cigarettes and I, I just did anything I could to, to keep the weight down. And I you know I gained about 10 pounds 10 pounds a year, a pound a month, and and, and it wasn't that big a deal. And I remember being like 180 pounds and thinking, gosh, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm I wonder how long this is going to go on. And I was living with someone who who was really, really sick, and he was underweight, and he couldn't keep weight on. And so every Saturday we would go uh, we would go shopping, and we would go and buy you know cookies and donuts, and we go to seize candies and pick out a special pound of chocolate for him, you know, so that so that he could keep his weight on. And you know he would eat one bite of something and one piece of another, and I would eat the rest, you know, and think, oh, is he doing great? <laughs> and, and you know, so that. That didn't really work out too well, and and I, you know, I went to in 1996. I went to my first OA meeting, and and um, you know, I I had I had recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body when it came to those other substances, but when it came to food, I just didn't want to let it go. You know, God, you can have my life, you can have everything, but the food. Just let me keep it. And I wanted there to be something, anything, but Overeaters Anonymous. Anything to be the answer but this, you know? And and I tried. And and that thinking got me to 267 pounds in size 24 and wondering where the end was, you know? Um, so I went to meetings and I heard the differences and I only saw the people who, who, who weren't in recovery. And, um, and, and I hated it. And I left. And... Uh, I started going out with somebody who was in the program who said they couldn't date anybody who ate sugar. So I'm like, oh, don't worry, I don't eat sugar. (laughs) And uh, so when we started living together, I started hiding sugar around the house. And, and, you know, it it was humiliating. It was absolutely humiliating. And, you know, she would leave for the day, and then I would go get the, whatever, the sugar cereal out from behind the soup on the top cupboard. And it was it was, it was was exhausting. <coughs> you know, I'd go to AA <coughs> and I'd hear people talk about hiding bottles around the house and think, well, that's so stupid, you know. <laughs> yeah. And I was doing the same thing, you know. My bottle just looked a little different at that point and, um, you know, at work would do Weight Watchers and you know, divide into teams and who could lose the most and by the end of six weeks. And the first week I would always be the number one, you know, weight loss. And then by the end I would have gained so much weight that my team would, you know, be way behind and never be able to catch up. And, you know, every time I would sign up thinking this is going to be the time that's different. Because for me it was always going to be different. I... I I had success in my life, you know. I was doing well in work, and and, and my home life was good. And, and and I thought, well, if I could just muster whatever it is that I have over here into the food, life will be better, you know. One day soon, life is going to be better. It's the, our, our great illusion, I think. And and um and you know, I, I tried Weight Watchers, and and I remember being in the um in the dressing room of Lane Bryant with my partner, and I, the size twenty didn't fit me anymore, and crying you know when is the end when, when, when is the end and you know going into the 22's and thinking you know there's not many more numbers left here I don't know what happens after this and and um, I called uh, some of you old Jeannie and I remember calling Jeannie crying telling her you know I'm 210 pounds I don't know what to do and I'm so miserable and I just don't want to do this anymore and she said honey you're not done eating and maybe you have to be 250 pounds and I thought isn't she listening to me? I'm in pain here. I just, I wanted to tell me what the answer is, you know? And she and she would just say, well, honey, maybe you want to try those meetings. Maybe you want to try those meetings one more time. And, you know, I didn't. I didn't want to try those meetings. My way was going to work, you know? My way was going to work when I got to that 250 pounds. My way was still going to work. I, you know, I, I went to see the doctor when I was 250 pounds, I was having knee pain and all kinds of problems and I had high blood pressure and I was 32 years old and I was going to have to go on um, blood pressure medication and my doctor's husband had been obese and gone to Belgium and had the lap band surgery and lost all his weight and she told me that was the answer, That you know, the answer for me is going to be surgery and I said okay. And she said, I want you to to go to Belgium and meet these surgeons, the people that created this this, this great surgery, and and, and you're going to lose your weight. And and I did that September 21st, 2003. I I flew to Belgium, and I met the surgeon um, that that created the lap bag surgery, and um, I, I had the foresight to bring it frankly. Because uh, I never tell the truth, you know. I never ever tell the truth. So I, I sat in the surgeon's house. He invited me to his home, and 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 he, the first question he said to me is, "Do you eat sweets?" And the first thing that came out of my mouth was, "No." And uh, <laughs> my friend said, "Well, wait a minute. That, that's all you eat." And I'm like, "Well, okay, sometimes." <laughs> and, and he said, well, I, I, don't, I don't want to do the surgery on you because people like me screw up our statistics. because it work. <laughs> so, so he said, you know, the only thing that will work for you is the, is the gastric bypass know I'll, I'll i'll do that for you if you want or you can do it in the states they've been doing it longer than we have and so i flew back home thinking you know what am i going to do now and I met with the gastric bypass surgeon and 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 it was kind of like the, he was kind of like the doctor on the simpsons you know it was like in and out and it was a big commercial and you know, to come back and you can have a surgery too you know and, and that didn't seem like the answer to me and and uh and then I had a binge buddy at work, and, and she, she had done uh, the Lindora diet um, like 20 years before. Lost a bunch of weight, and she said, that's what we're going to do, you know. And uh, so I went to Lindora with her, and I got on the scale of 267 pounds, and I started that, that diet. And for the first two weeks, I lost like 10 pounds, like that. And I thought, oh my God the right diet, and now I have the right diet, it's going to work, and, you know, I was just like the happiest little moment of my life, because I thought I had the answer, you know, and and after about two weeks of starving, I, um, uh, the, the call, the call came back for sugar, you know, and I couldn't not eat the sugar, and I remember sitting in the car thinking, can't you just wait one more minute, and the answer was no, you know, I can't. Because by myself, I'm powerless over sugar. I'm powerless over food. My life was unmanageable, and I can't not eat without your help. And um, and I got back into the sugar, and you know. And then I hired a personal trainer, and I tried going to the gym, and you know, went to the gym for I think um, six months, three times a week, and I never lost anything because every every time I went to the gym, I left and rewarded myself with food, you know, because look at all this exercise I just did, and um, and you know. There, there was nothing different about September 2004. I was just as miserable as I had been every other day, you know, with the food. And, and uh, you know, I, I had gone to somewhere and gotten something and was eating all weekend long and, and and thinking, how is this possible, you know? By this time in my life, you know, I had a, an amazing job with a big title and money and cars. And I had everything I thought I was supposed to have that said, I'm successful, except I'm fat, you know, and I hate myself, and I, and I hate my life. And and uh, Jeannie, Jeannie had said to me one time, well, maybe you want to call this person. And I thought, well, I'll call her. And so I I, I I called the woman that was going to become my first sponsor, and I said, you know, I don't know if you know who I am, but I need help. And, um, and she said, well, write down your food history and call me back in an hour. And I hung up the phone, and my first thought was no. And my second thought was, okay, I'll try you know, and that's God, that's not me, and you know, I wrote out my food history and and, uh, and and called her back in an hour, and she said, well, do you think you could not eat sugar for, for just one day? I said, I don't know, and she said, well, why don't you try it and call me tomorrow, maybe try going to a meeting, and I did that, and I don't know why, but I did, you know, I, I had finally gotten to that, that place that I didn't have any more answers, you know, I was bankrupt, and, and, and just, I just wanted anything to make me feel better on the inside, you know? And I started going back to the same meetings that I'd always gone to, you know? But all of a sudden, I heard the people that had recovery, you know? And I heard that the 12 steps were. I heard that people like me who used to be fat weren't fat anymore. And more importantly than that, they felt better. Their lives were better. They, they had happy relationships.
1: And I wanted that, you know? And... Um,
0: my sponsor started taking me through the steps. And, you know, she told me that no matter what happens, we just, we just stick to what we're doing, you know. And, and, and no matter what life throws our way, our food doesn't change. And that was such a concept for me. Because my food changed according to the weather, you know, according to the color of my socks. It really it changed according to just about anything. And, and she was like, you know, we have a food plan, and it looks like this, and we just stay on it no matter what. And, and I got that. And, and you know, in the first few um, in the first few months, I had given up sugar, and and I was just I was just terrified, you know. And all these feelings were coming up, and I just felt bad all the time. And so every night, I, <laughs> I after dinner, um, I would have this vat of fruit and heavy <laughs> whipping cream with Equal on it, you know, because because I was just terrified to let go terrified to let go and and i told her about it and she said well maybe you could make it a little smaller and i did that and then she said well maybe you could get rid of the cream and then i did that and she said well maybe you don't need any any fruit at the end of your meal and and i said okay and i did that you know that's not me that's 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 us because i i can't do that i had tried to do that my whole life you know um and my weight loss has been has been slow. You know, it's been really, really slow. And I, I have to tell you, it feels so great. It feels so great to, to be um, the size that I am today. And if I thought that I could be um, of service in the world like this, I would stay like this. But I know that I can't. And that 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 the way the best way to be an example of this program is to reach full weight. So that's that's what I'm working towards. And and um, you know, I've had. <laughs> I've had just a, a tremendous year um, this last year. Um, I uh, my my parents were were missing uh, in action for most of my life, and I had two sets of grandparents that raised me. And um, on April seventeenth um, of last year, my my grandmother died, and, and 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 that was just so painful. And I remember calling my sponsor and saying, "What do I do?" and I'm going to England and all they have there is sugar and starch and and she said, you know, there's thin people in England too and they they eat something. (laughs) (laughs) And I, and she said, you know, we just stay eating our food plan no matter what, no matter where we are, no matter what happens and and I went to England and I went to England with my mother, which was amazing (laughs) and I didn't have to eat, you know, and and my mother is, is an obese woman and she ate her way, you know, across the country and I didn't have to do that and that was a miracle. In, um, in June, uh, the, my, the, this cat that I had since I was 14 years old died. And, and, uh, and I thought, man, I, I can't. The pain was just so great. I can't do this, you know. But I came to meetings. I kept eating my same food. And, and, and it worked out okay, you know. In, um, in July, I separated from my partner that I'd been with for, for nine years. And, and we eventually filed for divorce. And, 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 and that pain was just giant, you know, and but, but we just keep doing the stuff and we keep showing up and and, it, and we get through it. That that's that's what's amazing about this program, you know? And I can I can go anywhere today and be free, you know. It doesn't mean that I have to, I can escape the feelings of all those events, you know, but, but I can be free today. Um, you know, I have a sponte that does not does not want to stop eating um a whole host of foods, you know? <laughs> and she, she doesn't want to do that because she doesn't want to be restricted, you see? She doesn't want to go anywhere and eat whatever she wants and then still be thin or eventually be thin. Or, I'm not really sure how that thinking works. But I, when we're talking and it's like, you know, I, that was my thinking. Don't tell me I can't eat this, ma'am. I want to eat everything. But the fact of the matter is, by not eating sugar, I get to have a huge life. And I'm free, no matter where I go. Um, last, last week I was on a cruise, and everyone's like, oh, it's a floating binge, and huge meals, and you know, buffet's everywhere. and. And, you know, I ate three meals a day. And some of the meals are pretty big, but I ate three meals a day. And they had a, they had a buffet where they had, like, basically a whole long table of chocolate sculptures, you know? And they were beautiful. And they were stunning. They're actually, they were artwork. I took pictures of them. And the, the, the woman that I was walking through this buffet with said to me, well, doesn't that bother you? And, and the answer is no. Because... I can't eat just one piece of the chocolate sculpture, you know? I have to lay in it. And it. <laughs> and when I'm full and sick and, and can't eat anymore, I have to get up and eat again. And I just don't want that life, you know? I just don't want that life. Um, in the last uh, couple months, I I lost my, my other grandma, and uh, on March 28th, I, I, I fainted at a... At a business meeting and, and they think that I had a, a small stroke and um, I've been afraid about that, you know, because I'm, I'm 35 and losing weight and doing all the right stuff and I don't want to have a stroke, you know, um, and it's it's been scary to me. But the thing that I get reminded by you, by my sponsor, is that God has a plan for me, you know, God has a plan for us and if I stay abstinent and I stay on the path, then everything's going to be okay. You know, as soon as my thinking gets involved and says, well, let's get off the path for a minute and go over here, that's when everything goes wrong, you know. That's when I have to sit at home alone eating Suzy Q's, you know, trying not to eat 3 o'clock's portion at 2 o'clock. And I don't have to have that life today. So I want to thank you for listening. Mm -hmm.